Father, we're so thankful for this gathering. Uh, we're thankful because this gathering is by divine appointment. Divine appointment. And I, I thank you because your presence is here. Your spirit is here. Um, Lord, we just submit to you this morning. Uh, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We ask you to light our candles. We ask you to enlighten our darkness. Uh, we ask that the name of the Lord to be glorified here. Do only what you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, being called an ancestor is still resounding in my mind. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles. The book of Matthew um, uh, 16. You know, we know the context of this passage. Um, Jesus engages his uh, disciples in a discourse. He asks them a question in, in verse 13. He says, who do men say that I the son of man am and we know that uh, Peter responded by the Holy Spirit he said you are the Christ the son of the living God and in verse 17 it says Jesus answered and said to him blessed are you Simon bar Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in heaven and I also say to you that you and Peter you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades or Hades shall not prevail against it. I'm going to establish a church that is founded on the revelation that I am the Christ. And this church is a church that will be on the offensive. Because Satan will not have an answer for this church. The powers of darkness, the gates of hell, will not be able to withstand the progress and the advancement of this church. And he continues by saying, I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed. In heaven. You know the amplified version. Of that verse. Uh, puts it this way. Because we know that we're not just. Going around. Uh, binding and losing stuff. The amplified version says. In, of verse 19. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind. Whatever you declare. To be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you lose or declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. So there is a divine alignment that must take place within heaven and earth. And the fact that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, I am building my church on the revelation of my divinity, on the revelation of the truth that I am the answer. And as a result of this revelation, this church will have access to heaven. 
this church will be aligned with heaven such that everything that the Father has ordained in heaven through this church there will be a free flow of divine resources, of divine wisdom, of divine provision to the extent that the powers of darkness will not be able to withstand the progress of this church. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, we need to unpack that a little bit. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You know, when Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross, when he satisfied the requirements of divine justice on behalf of humanity, every force in the universe was submitted under his jurisdiction. Every natural and spiritual dynamic was submitted to him. He received all the keys of hell and death. Hallelujah. And he says, these keys I give to you. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, now, let's talk about the kingdom of heaven. You know, the kingdom of heaven is different from the kingdom of God. You know, when Jesus was preaching, he kept saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There is a breaking forth. Things are happening that, that is going to cause as it were, the kingdom of heaven to be revealed. Now, what is the kingdom of heaven? You know, the kingdom of God is the sphere of his rulership. Okay? It is the sphere of his dominion. It is every domain that his jurisdiction or his supremacy is enforced. The kingdom of heaven has always, or the kingdom of God has always existed. It spans from the regions of heaven all through the universe. But we know that on planet earth, there was a unique situation. We know the story of how Adam and Eve bowed their knees to the enemy and he became the God of this world. So even though God reigned in the heavens, or in, in, in his kingdom in the heavens, his kingdom couldn't break forth into the realm of man. Because Satan was the God of this world system. But through what Jesus did on the cross, through the process through which he has obtained the keys, the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, can now break forth into the earth. Are you with me? There is a portal now for God's kingdom to be experienced in man's life. The power of God. The, the resources of the kingdom of God to be experienced in the realm of men. He says, my church have been given the keys of the kingdom. And when we use the keys of the kingdom, there will be a divine alignment between heaven and earth. The resources of the kingdom of God will flow into planet earth and the earth will become a, an extension of that kingdom. You know, keys unlock things. Keys give you access. Hallelujah. Keys give you access. 
He says, I'm going to give you keys that will unlock everything you need. Everything. Everything. You know, <laughs> you know you're preaching and you're thinking about, you know, the Lord is trying to get something across to you. So he reminds you of a movie. You guys remember The Matrix, don't you? Yeah? There was this guy that was the key maker. Remember the key maker? Oh, maybe you guys don't remember. I'll talk to these guys here. Yeah? You remember the key maker? Yeah? That, that used to work for the Merovingian. Yes? And this key maker could design a key that could unlock all the back doors. He had access everywhere. Hallelujah. He had the master key. The master key. He could create and construct any key. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying that I am giving you keys that would unlock everything. There is nothing, there is no resource that you need that will not be unlocked with my keys. He says these keys will be given to the church. And it is through the use of these keys that the resources of God. You know the Bible says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There are resources in heavenly places. Hallelujah. There are resources in the realm of God. For everything that you need. Hallelujah. Physically. Mentally. Spiritually. Financially and socially. Those keys have been given to the church. Hallelujah. But you know, some things are given in trust until you are ready for them. This is not one of those messages where I'm saying, all right, just, you have the keys, go use them. Yes, you have keys. Keys have been made available in trust. But I believe that there's certain understanding we must have for those keys to be taken off the keychain and handed to you. Hallelujah. There's an understanding we must have. Let us turn our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. I believe that an alignment is going to take place today. I believe that. I believe that through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we're going to come into greater alignment with God. Alignment with God. Alignment with God. Because the resources only flow through the tunnels of alignment. Alignment with God. Alignment with God. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. Actually let me start from verse 1. Let's give a context to it. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation of Hebrews chapter 1. I'll start from verse 1. It says long ago. I almost feel like I was there given I'm so ancient. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. It says, God promised everything to his son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. It says, God promised everything to his Son 
as an inheritance. Everything. Everything has been promised to his son as an inheritance. Okay? Let us look at James chapter 5 verse 7. James chapter 5 verse 7. It says, therefore be patient brethren. This New King James. Until the coming of our Lord. See how the farmer waits. For the precious fruit of the earth, waiting, patient for, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. He says, the farmer waits. Now, this is a lesson in patience, but, but let's focus on the farmer for a bit. Because we know that Jesus said in, in John 15 that um, I am the true vine. My father is the farmer or the husbandman. He says the farmer is waiting for the precious fruit or the harvest of the earth. The harvest of the earth. He's waiting for the harvest of the earth. Look at one more verse and then I'll explain all of this. In John chapter 4 verse 34... After his encounter with the woman at the well of Samaria, uh, his disciples came to him and wondered uh, why he was speaking to the woman. And in verse 34 of John 4, he said, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. You know, there is a harvest in the earth, a harvest of souls that the Father is waiting on. And that harvest of souls is what the Son has been promised to inherit. Hallelujah. That is the inheritance of the son. That's the inheritance of the son. You know, he said, I, 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 my, my food, what energizes me, what nourishes me is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. But the work, the desire of the father is that the son will receive his full inheritance. Hallelujah. He will receive his full inheritance. All the keys of the kingdom, all the resources of heaven, the abundance of everything God has are for one purpose and one purpose alone. For the son to receive his full inheritance. Hallelujah. And when you as a child of God align yourself. With the purpose of God and the will of God. Align yourself with the truth that the reason for our being. Is that the son is meant to receive his full inheritance. 
when we align ourselves with that, every key that you need, every key that you need, every resource, every building, every vehicle, you know keys open everything. Every vehicle, every contract, every situation that you need, the kingdom of God will give you the key. Hallelujah. And nothing will be able to stop you from moving forward because you are living a life in alignment. Hallelujah. You are living a life in alignment. Heaven will not deposit resources into your laps that are not going to fulfill the purpose of the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Because he has one purpose. And that is for the son to receive his full inheritance. The son to receive his full inheritance. The highest call for all who know the Lord is to deliver to Jesus everything that belongs to him. You know, thank God there's a, there's a rise in understanding that ministry is what we are all called to do. Hallelujah. Whether you are behind the pulpit or you are in the marketplace. The understanding is coming into our hearts that in secular positions, we must have the same intensity of calling as those who have received a mandate for church ministry. Because we are all part of this army. We are all part of this church. Hallelujah. We are all part of the people against whom the gates of hell will not be able to prevail. We are all part of the people that are moving forward with the resources of heaven to fulfill the desire of the father which is for the son to receive his full inheritance. So whether you are in the marketplace or you are behind pulpit ministry, you have a mission. Hallelujah. God has a purpose for your life. You have a right to lay claim on the resources of heaven. Because you have an understanding of what those resources are for. Hallelujah. The resources have only one purpose. To bring Jesus his full reward and inheritance in our age. Look at Isaiah 33 verse 5. 33 verse 5. I read verses 5 and 6. It says, The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Now it says wisdom, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of the times, of your times, the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. There is a wisdom that we need to embrace that will prov provide stability. Hallelujah. It says the fear of the Lord is his treasure. The NIV of that, of that line, of that last statement says the fear of the Lord is the key to his treasure. 
The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. There's a treasure that needs to be unlocked. And that treasure is unlocked when we bow our lives in reverence to him. Are you with me? Sometimes we're looking for the key to unlock treasure. But that key is linked to an alignment with his purpose. Hallelujah. An alignment with his purpose. You know, um, this man of God, Mike Bickle, once said, he made the statement years ago. He said, God is about to change the face of Christianity in one generation. You know, um, Dustin was saying earlier on that, you know, we shouldn't do church. We should do God. Amen. Doesn't mean you shouldn't come to church. But your identity, your identity, the identity of your life should not be woven to the fact that you attended a service. Our community of faith, the services that we conduct are to empower you to go out and do the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. You see, the face, and I believe it's this generation, the face of Christianity is going to change in this generation. Because people are going to go into the marketplace and they're going to be manifested sons of God. They are going to lay hold of the resources of God. You know, it is not a, it's not incidental that to be a billionaire now can take a few years. You know, in the old days of Warren Buffett, it used to be like decades, right? And then you had uh, the dot-com guys, you know, like the Amazon people. It took them maybe about, you know, seven, ten years. And now the Snapchat guys, it can take them like, you know, just like that. You see, wisdom is being unlocked. But that wisdom is actually meant for the church. Hallelujah. That wisdom. There's even a higher wisdom that is coming that the people of God are going to lock arms with that is going, to, is going to unlock the resources of heaven. There are divine inventions that are about to be unlocked. But you see, those divine inventions will only be unlocked in the hearts of people that have come into alignment with what the kingdom's purpose is. Hallelujah. You know, God has called his people to be stewards of his resources. Stewards of his resources. As we align our hearts with him, he's going to imprint our hearts with strategy and understanding that will open the door of provision. But it will also provide understanding of how to steward these resources. These great strategies needed by those called of God to be stewards of the resources of God are going to be given in the place of intimacy. The place of intimacy. The place of intimacy. You know, the father is going to hold nothing back. He's going to hold nothing back. But the father operates on the principles of the kingdom. We need to come into that alignment. Hallelujah. God is looking for individuals who are dependent on him. And who are not expecting others to open the doors. He is watching for those who longingly wait on him for him to open the doors for us. You know the Bible says I'll lift up my eyes to the hills or beyond the hills where my help comes from. 
My help doesn't come from man. Your help doesn't come from your connection, that connection, that person that they said, you know, once you connect with him, you might have to wait three years to see him, but once you see him, that connection will be made. You see, the secret of your life is not there. The secret of your life is the presence of God. And the time has come for us to learn how to wait on God's presence. How to wait on his presence. How to be intimate with him. How to embrace his heart. Because the keys are linked to that. Hallelujah. You know, in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, we have the story of the building of Solomon's temple. And it's a fascinating story to me. We wouldn't read it before, because of time. It's a fascinating story because Solomon came into alignment with God's purpose. You remember that David wanted to build this house for the Lord. And the Lord said, or the Father said, that no, it's not my will for you to build it. Your son will build it. So Solomon came into alignment with the with the purpose of heaven. And what happened as a result of that? Resources were released. You need to read 2 Chronicles chapter 2. The dimension of the resources that were released was beyond what any, anyone had ever experienced up till that point. I believe that just like he demonstrated in the life of Solomon, in our lives, God wants us to see that if we come into alignment with him, we are not going to have to make do because everything that is in the storehouse of heaven will be made available to us. Solomon's temple is going to pale in comparison to what God is going to do in this day and in this time. It's going to pale in comparison to the elevations that will take place. It's going to take... It's going to pale in comparison to the pro, to promotions that are going to take place. God is holding nothing back from us. Nothing back from us. You know, Proverbs 12, 12 says that the wicked covet the catch of evil men. But the root of the righteous yields fruit. I mean, I don't know if you have understood this yet. But the world system has nothing that is going to nourish you. Nothing. 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 We should not desire. We should not desire what the world has. Hallelujah. We should not desire that. We need to wean our hearts of that desire. We should, we should embrace the desire of God. Remember, and we should understand where our resources come from. Remember in uh, this passage in uh, Zechariah 4 verse 6 where um, uh, it's like a cliche in Christian circles now. Um, you know, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I know that that was, um, that was a statement that was said to Zerubbabel who was um, 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 the um, governor of Judah regarding the building of the temple. Yeah. And the reason why that statement was made was God was saying to Zerubbabel that, you see, this building, this temple that you are going to build, um, don't put your trust in men. Hallelujah. Don't put your trust 
and, and, and the source of your resources in men, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. That is like restating what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 17. That don't think, don't get to the point where you think that it is your wisdom and the might of your hand that has given you these resources. Hallelujah. He says, I am your God. I am the one that gives you the power to get wealth. As a child of God, not just verbally, but in our hearts, we must embrace this truth that our anointing for wealth does not come from man. Our anointing from wealth only comes from God who is the father of all lights. Are you with me? And we, if we believe that, it will change the way we wait in his presence. Are you with me this morning? It will change how we engage with him. It will change the way our hearts are focused on him. We will start bringing our business problems into his presence. We will start having conversations with the father about the inheritance of the son. God, you have sent me into this industry as a finance person. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have been put in this place because I am part of those people that you have called to steward the resources of heaven so that the son may receive his full inheritance. So in this place I am in, I am head and not tail. I am above only and not beneath because I am a portal of heaven. Hallelujah. You start waiting on God in his presence regarding your industry. Hallelujah. Because God wants to give you a key. Oh, are you listening to me this morning? The father wants to give you a key. Keys are being dangled in the realm of heaven. And those keys are for you and for me. But those keys only come off the chain when a heart on earth is aligned to him and sold out completely to his purpose in the earth. To his purpose in the earth. The purpose of God in the earth is the harvest. Is the harvest. Is the harvest. Is the harvest. The reason why he's waiting, even though his heart breaks over the injustice on earth, the reason why the husbandman waits is because of the harvest. Because the father cannot judge the enemy without judging all those under his rulership. So the love of God is breaking in heaven over the harvest. The keys of heaven. The resources of God. You know there are people who have been caught up into heaven and they have been shown huge warehouses. Huge warehouses of body parts. Huge warehouses of resources. Huge warehouses in the heavenly realms. You know when he says that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. It is a tangible thing. It is a, it's not some sort of metaphoric statement. It is a tangible thing. But those resources have only one destination. To a heart that is aligned with purpose. Hallelujah. And when your heart is aligned with purpose, when your heart is aligned with purpose, there is nothing that will be denied. Earthly riches appointed for spiritual purpose will be distributed to those who align themselves with heaven's goals and the flow charts of eternity. These riches cannot be delegated 
to those who seek their own success and tithe their small percentage on earth. Rather, they will be allotted to those who live sacrificially, pouring out their costly nard to anoint Jesus' feet and cleansing them with their heart, which is their glory. Those who will give their last might for the temple offering. You know, for New Testament Christians, I believe that the 10% model is only a starting point for our giving to God. It is a minimum standard that trains our hearts to be sacrificial. But you know, as we mature, we will find ourselves sacrificing much more than our finances. All our provisions will find their way into the hands of the Lord for his service. Hallelujah. Do you know, I can't remember the last time I tithed. Mm -hmm. Because you might think, well, it's because of the pastor. He doesn't need to tithe. But you know, my, my life has come to a point where everything I have belongs to him. There is nothing that I have that the Lord doesn't have access to. Honestly, the decisions of my life cannot be based on what satisfies me or what benefits me. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, look at Luke 17. Look at Luke 17. Real quick. Hallelujah. You know, God wants to um, open his barns to his people. Hallelujah. I know one of the implications of this is that as you begin to wait on the Lord, he's going to start dropping new things in your heart. If you say to God, God, I come into alignment with your purpose. I put my, I put, I, I, I sacrifice myself. I put myself on that altar. Lord, I, I align myself with your purpose in the earth, which is your son. Lord, use me to fulfill my part of bringing that inheritance of his harvest back to him. And you begin to wait on his presence. I will tell you what's going to happen. As you begin to spend time in his presence in worship, as you begin to stay quiet in his presence and present to him the things that he has put you in, the industry that he has put you in, the Lord will start dropping ideas in your heart. Those ideas are going to be bigger than you have ever imagined. Okay? Now, as you wait on those ideas, as you add wisdom to your understanding, as you mind those ideas and incubate those ideas, he's going to begin to show you other doors. He's going to begin to show you partnerships that you need to have. He's going to need to show you how you can educate that idea. Hallelujah. And there is going to be an outflow of his resources into your life. You're going to be elevated. You know, when God gave the Egyptians or the Israelites favor in the eyes of the Egyptians, such that when they left Egypt, they plundered the Egyptians... They left Egypt with resources, did they not? When they got into the wilderness, the Lord said, those who are willing, those who recognize why I blessed them with those resources, give me an offering. I want to build a temple. I want to build a tabernacle for my presence to inhabit. The same is going to happen when we align ourselves with God. We are going to enter into a new experience of life. 
and those resources, we will make them available to the building of the kingdom and the filling of the barns with the harvest of the kingdom. That's what's going to happen now. That is how we're going to take our place in his plan. Look at um, uh, um, Luke 17. As I bring this to a close this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, your life has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. It is the inheritance of the son. Heaven is waiting on this. It is the inheritance of the son. Hallelujah. There is no door that will not be open to you. I said there's no door. There's a key that would unlock that door. It does not matter how difficult it is and how impossible it looks. There is a key that unlocks it. There's a key that unlocks it. There's a key that unlocks it. And that key is going to be given to you. Once your heart is in alignment with purpose, the key will be given. The key will be given. Angels will be sent to you. We read in the Bible of people like Daniel that angels came to educate them on what was going to happen. Do you think Daniel was special? Yes, he was called the you know, special person of God because he had aligned with purpose. Hallelujah. You are a chosen generation. You are God's holy people. You are his precious people. You are the redeemed of God. Hallelujah. There is no key. There is no resource. There is no building. There is no, there is no car. There is nothing that will not give you the key for. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There no, he will not give you the key for. And that's why he said to Peter, whatever you demand, whatever you demand, whatever you permit on earth must already be permitted in heaven. And because it is permitted in heaven, you can lay a demand on it. Hallelujah. As children of God, we don't give up on projects. All right? We don't say that, well, there'll be another one. No, 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 no. Lives are linked to this. Destinies are linked to this. We go into the presence of God with the blood of the Lamb. And we stand before the Father of Spirits. And we say, Father, this is my area. This is the place that you have crowned me as king in this domain. And therefore, I lay hold of the key to unlock this thing. Because the son must receive his inheritance. Hallelujah. Believe you me. When you wait on the presence of God, you are going to receive a visitation. You are going to receive a visitation. In Luke... 17. If you haven't found it yet, you're not going to find it. Praise the Lord. Let's read from um, verse 7. It says, and which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him, to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper? And gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk. And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant or that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all these things, all those things which you were commanded, say, 
we are unprofitable servants who have done what was our duty to do. We are unprofitable servants who have done what was our duty to do. I know this passage has been linked to faith, and there's a link to faith, but remember at the end of this passage, it says, so also you should do this. You should have this attitude that we are servants. You know, last week I was sharing here about the fact that the Spirit of God, you know, when Joel prophesied, oh, I've come to the end of my time. When Joel prophesied in Joel 2.28, he said that upon my men servants and maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. The outpouring of the spirit is reserved for the servants. Whether they are young or old or men or women, the outpouring of the spirit is reserved for the servant. A servant is somebody whose ownership rights belong to somebody else. Paul says, I am a bond servant of God. I'm not just a convert or even a disciple. I'm a bond servant of God. My ownership rights belong to him. He is my Lord, Kurion. He owns the rights to my life. He owns my time. He owns my past, my present, and my future. If he says I'm forgiven, it means I am forgiven. If he says that I have a destiny, it means I have a destiny. He is my owner. I am a servant. Hallelujah. I am a servant. I don't have a right to curtail the vision he gives me. Hallelujah. I don't have a right to curtail it. No, I am, I am meant to shake and say, God, uh, you know, uh, how, can I, how can these things be? <laughs> Do you understand? But, but, but if I am a servant, he, tell, he determines what I do. He owns my time. He owns my resources. I don't tell him that, okay, you can have this percentage, the other is mine. No, everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. And when we adopt that understanding, what happens is that heaven opens over our lives. He gives you dreams that you never imagined. And as you obey him in humility, he helps you fulfill them. And then you become a gateway of the kingdom. That's what you become. You become a gateway of the kingdom. Hallelujah. You don't, you don't back away from a fight. Because your vision is bigger than what you need for yourself and your family. Because how many cars do you need anyhow? Yeah? How, how many schools? Once they graduate, isn't that? How, how many? I mean, if you have one here and one in South Africa and one in, uh, in France. Houses. How many? Do you understand? So, so. Somebody that is just thinking about themselves and the little things they need will, will feel that it's okay to curtail my vision. I mean, this one, is, this one too is okay. But when you are a servant that understands that it is about the harvest. You see, the harvest that is coming, there is no church that is big enough to contain it. The harvest that is coming as a result of the shaking that will take place in our nation, there is no church, there is no building, there is no facility that is big enough to contain it. The resources of heaven need to be downloaded into the church. Hallelujah. For the harvest to be brought in, for the harvest to be discipled, for the harvest to become sons of God going out into their own, their own world to bring in a greater harvest. When we embrace that picture, our whole attitude
attitude towards the work of our hands and the place that God has put us will be different. You, you, you will not give yourself the luxury of backing up anymore. It's about what is breaking the father's heart. It is about what the son is waiting for. He waits for the precious fruit of the earth. The precious fruit of the earth. The precious fruit of the earth. And when you get to one level, you say, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm an unprofitable servant. What else would you have me do? And then he sends you somebody somewhere else. And says, I want us, I want us to take over this sector. You say, I'm an unprofitable servant. After you have entered into the harvest and you are begin to become this portal for distribution of resources to the kingdom, you go back and say, I am an unprofitable servant. It is no longer about me. It is about him. It is about the son. Hallelujah. It's about the son. I'd like us all to stand this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, pariketia la bosque. The Lord is bringing purpose to your endeavor. He's bringing purpose to your endeavor. He's bringing us into an alignment with him. An alignment with him. He's giving you a picture of his son's heart. He said, sit at my right hand. Until I make your enemies a footstool. Hallelujah. It is through the church. It is through the church. It is through the church. That what Jesus has obtained on behalf of the church. It is through the church that the enemy will be subdued finally. Because the harvest that is the prize of the king will belong to the Lord once again. High Life, we advance.